0: Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Monday, June 1st, and this is your FT News Briefing. America is torn by the death of George Floyd, a black man who died after being taken into custody by Minneapolis, Minnesota police. I'll talk with FT correspondents Claire Bushy and Lauren Fedor about what's happening in protestant cities around the US and what's going on at the federal level. Plus, the EU's Budget Commissioner is calling on member states to implement new taxes to fund coronavirus-related recovery efforts, and how several U.S. pension plans risk running out of money by the end of the decade. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Protests erupted across the United States over the weekend in response to police violence. They came after videos emerged of a Minneapolis police officer kneeling on the neck of George Floyd, a black man who died after he was taken into custody. Mr. Floyd repeatedly told the officer he couldn't breathe as he was dying. Several local governments responded to the protests with citywide curfews. About 5,000 members of the National Guard have been called up in at least 16 states. The FT's Claire Bushy has been following the protests.
1: The images that were appearing on Twitter were burning buildings and police and National Guard in riot gear, sweeping streets, in some cases residential areas. There were police that fired some sort of projectile at people standing on their front porch. And at the same time, there were images of people protesting peacefully.
0: Claire, there have been protests over the last few years over police brutality, particularly in response to police shooting Black people. Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri, Laquan McDonald in Chicago. How do these current protests fit into that history?
1: Yes, the Black Lives Matter movement sprang up to draw attention to the fact that Black men and women are being killed with impunity for the large part by the police and to try to address that civil rights injustice. I spoke with a historian at University of Illinois at Chicago who said that these protests that we're seeing now can be understood in that context and also in the larger historical context, going back to the late 1960s when there were riots in American cities they were often touched off by police violence or political violence, like the assassination of Martin Luther King. And, but they were really about decades of disinvestment in Black neighborhoods. And she said at a time when the nation is being devastated by a pandemic that kills African Americans at higher rates than white people or other minorities, it makes sense that you know, an instance of brutality could lead to this situation.
0: Obviously, not the most important question at the moment, considering we are talking about the value of a human life here. But uh, how have businesses responded? Have they decided to weigh in at all?
1: Mark Mason, the chief financial officer for Citigroup, said on Friday that you know, even though he is the CFO of a global bank, the killings of George Floyd and Ahmad Arbery in Georgia and Breonna Taylor in Kentucky, the reminders that Black Americans like him face every day in their daily lives danger. And he said, racism continues to be at the root of so much pain and ugliness in our society, from the streets of Minneapolis to the disparities inflicted by COVID-19. As long as that's true, America's twin ideals of freedom and equality will remain out of reach. Nike also uh, released an anti-racism ad. They released a widely noted ad in 2018 with Colin Kaepernick, the NFL player who was blackballed out of the league because he took a knee during the American national anthem to protest police brutality.
0: And while all of this is unfolding at municipal levels, federal agencies are working on a response. The FT's Lauren Fedor explains.
2: So there are a couple of things going on at the federal level. You do have the president weighing in, especially on Twitter, about what he thinks certain governors, mayors should or shouldn't be doing. But you also have the Attorney General Bill Barr. He has made a couple of statements over the weekend. Most recently on Sunday, he came out and said that the Justice Department would basically be treating these protesters as domestic terrorists. and Trump have both been really pushing the argument that these protesters are far left radicals. President continues to say that they're they're part of Antifa. And Bill Barr is now saying that he will pursue them, and federal law enforcement will pursue them as domestic terrorists and kind of act accordingly
0: and Lauren, of course, there's a presidential election coming up this fall. How are these protests and the conversation that surrounds them expected to play out in terms of how this election goes?
2: So we are now nearing the the five-month mark until November's presidential election. And I think there's no doubt that these protests, particularly if they continue throughout, you know, people are already saying that they're expecting a summer of discontent. They'll certainly influence the conversation and what we'll hear out of both campaigns. You already had on Sunday Joe Biden, who is, who is still technically the presumptive Democratic presidential nominee, weighing in. The president is obviously very actively seeking re-election. And I think it's definitely fair to expect that some of these questions about race relations and criminal justice reform will only play a bigger part in that conversation.
0: Last week, the European Commission unveiled a 750 billion euro coronavirus recovery package, one that leans mostly on grants to hard-hit countries instead of loans. But how does the EU plan on funding this effort? Well, the bloc's budget commissioner, Johannes Hahn, is calling on member states to back new taxes and place an annual levy on big business. Specifically, Mr. Hahn says this could include a mooted 10 billion euro levy on 70,000 big companies with global turnover exceeding 750 million euros to access the single market. Ultimately, Mr. Hahn says that he's targeting 15 billion or even 20 billion euros a year. He told the FT that the EU is envisioning that by 2027, there will be a steady flow of new own resources coming into the budget. Own resources are some of the ways the EU generates revenue. Think custom duties, national contributions, and value-added tax. The idea is that this would make the EU budget less dependent on the national contributions part that make up the overwhelming majority of the bloc's revenues. But the plans won't likely be rubber-stamped. Traditionally, EU states have been reluctant to create new own resources on top of existing ones. And seven major U.S. public pension plans risk having their assets depleted by 2028. That's according to a study out of Boston College's Center for Retirement Research. A huge problem for U.S. pension plans is that, even before the coronavirus struck, many of them haven't fully recovered from the 2008 financial crisis. The recent U.S. stock market correction has now added long-term structural problems across the U.S. public pension system, particularly for the weakest funds. The New Jersey Teachers Pension Plan and the Chicago Municipal Plan face the biggest risk, that's hundreds of thousands of people right there. It's expected that U.S. pension plans won't run out of money in the next five years, but if weakness in the stock market continues, other pensions like Kentucky's or Providence, Rhode Island's and others could all end up with less than three years of retirement benefit payments saved as assets. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news.